Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Watching Dead, Walking Dead. That's what the show is called on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. We we have too many show names now. We have to jettison Mm -hmm. one at least. Uh, This is the feedback episode for season 11, episode 8, titled Four Blood. Uh, Aaron, do we have any feedback? We have a a good amount of feedback, actually. Uh, We actually got some feedback from AMC Studios. Uh, oh, just yesterday, they said, hey, Jim and Aaron, uh, I, 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 I heard you guys talking about the late winter return of The Walking Dead and surprise you guys. We we, we were kind of on, you know, not sure if we're going to go early spring, late spring, early summer. And you guys just 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 rolling off your guys's tongue. It sounded pretty nice. So we're just going to come back. February 20th is when the new uh, 11B season hits. So it's not that much of a gap. We'll have. What, like three and a half months, something like that. Uh, I got a lot of plans this 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 fall and winter. You know, there's uh, Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas, uh, the expanse, uh, the expanse, uh, New Year. And then about, about time when I'm done with all that, I'll be looking around. Man, what am I going to what am I going to do? And here comes the Walking Dead. So Walking Dead's coming back for season 11 B. I don't think they confirmed it's going to be another eight episodes, but I can almost guarantee it's going to be another eight episodes. Uh, because why, why would they, why would they have this done and over with, uh, when you can come back next fall for the real final season of the walking and you can launch be split into four episode arcs, eight Uh, eight more spinoffs in the meantime, every month you delay is another spinoff. You can launch. Have you seen that they're launching a new spinoff? I had, I had, what's it? It's, it's called, uh, it's a, it's an anthology, which actually means I might watch it. I won't. I'm, I, I definitely I'm, won't, but it, it's admirable for them to try. Sure. I think this is a great way to go. Like, like, vin, like, like just cool vignette. You're just trying to do mm-hmm. cool things, you know? Yeah. It, it It'll be like the, the season 10 bonus episodes, right? Right. Everybody loves those. Ooh. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> thinking about them just making 23 minute like webisodes. Yeah, it'll be like would be. A Walking Dead Snakes on a Plane season they did or whatever it was. Uh, mm. Yeah, that that's what I'm looking wonder, forward to. Not watching that. I wonder if it's going to be episodic, uh, a style uh, anthology, or if it's going to be seasonal anthology like American Horror mm. Story. Because I could honestly, I, I think that would be a good direction either way. Like you go like Tales from the Crypt style, uh, where just every episode is just some kind of new weird thing in the zombie apocalypse, or just a season. So you get time to let the idea breathe. You know, get to know the characters a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, um. Either way could be cool. But yeah, um, we're, we'll be back February 20th. 
for the next eight episodes. So I'm pretty excited about that. We do have feedback. People uh, sent us feedback at watching dead at baldmove.com. Of course, the next time we'll be visiting with y'all will be in February. So don't don't feel like a, a huge urge or rush to get in feedback right now. But it, it's there. It's there when we return. Uh, you know, of course, we always record on twitch.tv on, on Wednesdays, uh, twitch.tv slash bald move on Wednesdays at uh, 1 p.m. And you can also see our, our stuff on youtube.com slash bald move uh, if you want to watch catch up there. Uh, let's get right to it, shall we? Uh, people took us up on this challenge. They sent in feedback. First one's up is Paige says, hey, guys, just want to say enjoy this podcast so much. It's made sticking with The Walking Dead worth it. You guys make me laugh out loud many times in each podcast. Well, thank you, Paige. It's very sweet. Yeah, it's, it's what we're going for, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I really thought Leah's going to choose Daryl. I was just looking forward to her being a part of the group. Maybe her and Daryl being able to explore that relationship. Dixon babies having other badass warrior women to do badass things with like Carol, Rosita, Connie, etc. But said she chose that Carver idiot and a bunch of other dudes to be her family. I just thought after Pope and his stupid backstrap beanie was gone, that whole group would crumble and we could focus on Alexander Commonwealth storylines moving forward. Is it okay? Is it too late for Leah to join the group? If if all of her family gets killed and she needs to find a new one, I guess. By Daryl's family? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She could adopt Daryl's family. I don't think it's too late because they're still in the middle of this war, right? The Huacha has barely, barely even gone off yet. Uh, I think, yeah, enough devastation, enough loss of family, and maybe she wants to find a new one. I do think that because one of the first things before we had the Huacha, before we had Daryl's the inside man, what seemed to me the most reasonable outcome to merge these two storylines would be for Maggie's group to be in over their heads. All seems to be lost with these Reapers. And then the Commonwealth comes in and mops them up. And the stormtroopers like form a perimeter. And that's how we're introduced. Or that's how this part of the group is introduced to them. Mm, yeah. um, I think that's less likely now because it seems like, you know, they're just going to end this between Maggie and her, you know, army of the dead mm-hmm. and uh, Leah and her army of the dumbasses. Uh, they're just going to end things. But like, if they did do that, if they did this, this Hawacha thing goes off and it's just essentially the named characters we know, uh, and care about, um, that would be interesting because I think the Commonwealth long-term is going to be an enemy. If like Leah's group is vanquished by them and most of the bloodshed has been done by them, uh, it still preserves, you know, cause we, we saw like how much Leah hated seeing Daryl kill one of her brothers. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe they can unify against the combined threat of the big brother Commonwealth system. Maybe that's a way they can get Leah because it seems hard for me to believe that Daryl and, and Maggie butcher everyone here. <laughs> and Leah's like, well, you know, you're still pretty cute. Maybe it's dog. Maybe dog is the link to the new family. The bridge. Here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The adopted son, the adopted good boy caught in between mm-hmm. the struggles of mom and dad. Uh, yeah, p- maybe. Maybe, um, but I, I thought Leah was a sure surefire ringer for being part of the group too. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's, it's like like why why would you disrupt a character dynamic before you spin him off into a, a big a show for himself? Like why do you want to get yeah. him entangled with the relationship? Why do you, it seems like clean slate would be the way to go? Daryl babies? Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, you'd have to kill her before the end of the show, probably. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, Paige, but then even that screws up his character because now he's a guy walking around the fridged girlfriend as a motivation. Like that's going mm-hmm. backwards in storytelling. Uh, Paige continues. This has been bugging me for a long time, all the way back in season one, I believe. We had Rick and Glenn doing this guts trick to be able to walk amongst the dead, like we've seen many times in the show. When characters do this, they walk slowly but normally and do not wear Walker skin masks. So one is led to believe the walkers can distinguish the living versus the dead by smell. Side note, it used to be that they had to wear full ponchos covered in massive amounts of guts to evade the walkers, and now it's basically just a quick slather or smear of blood a la Daryl and Connie this season. Yeah, that's that's some poor shit right there. Enter the Whispers a few seasons back, and now we have Maggie, Maggie and Negan. They do not bathe in guts, but rather wear the skin mask and do the zombie walk. One is led to believe that the walkers distinguish by how a person moves and looks but can't smell that they are human. What the hell? Am I missing something? How do walkers know who is human? Is it how they look, how they move, or how they smell? Thanks again for the laughs. Well, we're 12 years on now. They probably smell like death anyway. <laughs> uh, without showers and running water. Yeah, they ran life. out of soap back in season five. They're just, yeah. they got resting zombie stench now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, they're, they're wearing stinky zombie skins. I, mm, That's I, the I feel you. I feel you. It, it is it is a different it, it, you know it, it, guts was never about like we can act like a zombie and they'll think we're mm-hmm. a zombie it was about the smell you're right and now it's changed into something else so either the walkers are evolving or the smell of the humans is evolving i just wish they never got away from darabont's uh darabont's zombie bible because there is some yeah. really cool stuff in there um you know back there it's like uh the zombies sense of sight especially as they get more and more rotted and their eyes get more and more that roomy kind of gray film on them that that's like one of the first senses to go, but their sense of smell and hearing remain sharp. Um, now I think you're supposed to understand that a person wearing a, a rotting skin, Walker skin smells like a Walker. I think that's what you really like. And I hmm. didn't, they used to have like gloves too. Like they wore monster hands. I think the whispers did. Yeah. I thought so. So like, and there's a little bit of this, like in almost every show that lasts this long, where like there's enough bastardization of the main thing. Like, you know, if you've got Romulans with an unbeatable cloaking device, I guarantee it's going to be very beatable by season five or season six at the latest. Right. They have a tachyon web. They're going to have inverse polarions. They can shoot out of the Bassard Ramjet, all kinds of fucking ways to, to defeat it. You know, the previously in hundred years, unbeatable technology in four seasons of television, we're going to beat the fuck out of it. You got to, or else. Mm-hmm. So part of this is just like, uh, you got heroic, attractive actors, and now you have heroic, attractive, like guts makeup. It's just essentially war paint that they're putting on. Yeah. Um, but I buy a whole ass stinky because I there's the, I've, I've seen this be confused in the feedback the last few weeks. People are talking about tanning these things and stretching them out and all that. I, I don't think they do anything for the smell. I really don't. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess I buy that if you got Walker shit on you, you don't have to have as much blood and, and guts. Um, that's that's my take on it anyway. And also there is a little bit like. What you just said, Jim, about the the guts episode, it's like it wasn't ever about acting like a zombie because like Glenn and Rick are scared and they're just like kind of moving slow, keeping up the herd. But they're not. Do- I, I think that the the whispers uh, trick is they they smell a little bit like a zombie, but they really sell the behavioral and, and, and acting like a zombie in a way that like tricks zombie psychology into just accepting them as they are. So 
I think it's, but also there's, it's 11 episodes and we've had, you know, the Romulan's cloaking device has been defeated. So, yeah, it would have been great if they had made, you know, smell like the part of the, the disguise that the walkers meant, meant the walkers couldn't detect you, but then to herd them, you had to act like them, right? Because mm-hmm. they won't just follow a human acting like a human, even if they smell like a walker. Yeah, that would have been great, but they chose to go a simpler route. Or they they could have also showed that like every once in a while you have to work fresh zombie blood into the mask to keep the stench, you know, going. Sure, like like, so. like a baseball glove, right? Like you gotta yeah. oil that thing up, otherwise it's gonna get all crusty yeah. and fall apart. Yeah, you gotta blood up your uh, catcher's mitt uh, right? made out yeah. of zombie flesh. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Just picture um, in the beginning scenes of searching for Bobby Fisher. Totally different movie if that's the case. Sure, sure. Uh, so I, 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 like I said, I, I'm trying to build a bridge halfway between your outrage of, of <laughs> clearly the show being late stage walking dead and just yeah. kind of sketching. You remember the gut stuff, right? This is how it works mm-hmm. and, and trying to come up with something, some, some decent apology for the show. So maybe, maybe, maybe it worked, maybe it worked. Uh, but anyway, thanks for the, for the kind words page. Let's move on to Tom it says, as always, I'm amused by your reactions and provoked by your commentary regarding the latest episode. For the first time, however, I have a few thoughts to share. We're, we're, we, we got another one. Got nice. another one to submit us feedback. Tom says, number one, I know it might be coming too late, but now that he's dead and all, uh, or now that he's dead and all, but it finally dawned on me who the Pope reminded me of. No, it's not Bing Kinsley. It's Dr. Mindbender from G.I. Joe. Now, uh, <laughs> if you, like me, had forgotten what Dr. Mindbender from G.I. Joe looks like, I urge you to Google Dr. Mindbender from G.I. Joe because the image results are like the first time it hits you, it's a guaranteed belly laugh. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to think dead. he was totally ripped underneath those fatigues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, that's how he commanded respect from his family. Just the, the ripped abs, chiseled yeah. cum gutters. He's just. Yeah, he's, he's got it going on under there. Uh, he's a complete dead ringer, Tom continues, but mm. with John Lennon glasses instead of Dr. Mindbender's monocle, almost as if AMC was trying to avoid a copyright infringement. You're right. You have to change 10%. And if he just had the monocle, it would be, yeah, it, it'd be struck down. That's what the backstrap's uh, about too. That hat, it, it totally changes. No, this isn't Mindbender. Come on. You look at the hat. That's right. Mindbender's bald. This guy wears a yeah. hat. Uh, Mindbender is supposed to be a master of mind control and interrogation, which, if I'm feeling generous, they seem to try to set up Pope to be. Uh, which happened to that? Uh, what happened to that thread after Daryl and Leah came back, and the dude Daryl tortured had told Pope some things. Man, I think that was all just him playing psychological games. Yeah, had to be Daryl. Yeah, had to be. Uh, I know you go with nicknames for characters whose names you don't know, and we know him as Pope. Yeah, it's a pretty good nickname, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he's dead, so it's a moot point, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. Um, yeah, I tell you what, there's a non-zero chance he comes back as a flashback to to torture Leah or some kind of like, you know, kind of like Merle did. There's like, you know, Merle's bounced around. Michael Rooker every once in a while comes back as a vision or something. Mm-hmm. And if so, and I remember, I'll try to refer to him as Dr. Dr. Mindbender. Uh, so number two, Tom says one thing that jumped out at me immediately on my first watch immediately after Aaron says or tells Gracie that he can't stay with her, which he just asked him to do because it can't let someone else do something he won't do himself. Judith volunteers to stay with Gracie and he's all like, yup, do that. Probably wouldn't have registered it. haven't been immediately after the conversation, but there it was. I don't know if it's intentionally placed there for us to notice or if it's just bad writing, but notice it. I did either a. Aaron is lying to Gracie about why he won't stay and they want us to know or Aaron 
hey, God, I keep on wanting to say Aaron. Aaron mm-hmm. is lying to himself and doesn't realize it. At least that's the way they've presented it. Um, mm. What do you say if about this? If you're generous, you give him that last one, right? Like, oh, there's some complex internal dynamics in this character and he's, he's battling within. No, no, probably not true. They probably just didn't think of it. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't think of I, it. I see. Well, uh, here's the thing. I'm uh, I, I guess I'm apologizing for Walking Dead lately, but I feel like with the figure of speed, this this thing where when someone says I won't ask someone to do something I'm not willing to do myself, like that's always like a risky or unpleasant task, right? Um, if someone yeah. if if uh, someone offers you a slice of cake <laughs> and you eat it, uh, you know, uh, you, you, like that's not something you're like oh, I I couldn't possibly eat that cake because I I wouldn't ask someone else to eat a cake. So mm-hmm. like, right? It's just like hell. Oh, so like I think when Gracie says spend time with me or don't leave that, you're not supposed to think of like this is like some kind of unpleasant task that he's shirking. He's yeah. he's this is the pleasant thing he wants to do. He desperately wants to stay with his daughter and he can't because he's got to be the, you know, Ned Stark's past the sit and swing the sword kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't think there was I mean, it is funny the timing kind of like meatloaf he, he you know he'll do anything for love oh wait i won't do oh. that you know <laughs> like come back <laughs> but i i think he's i think he's fine i think he's fine if we parse parse what you're saying here uh thank you for that tom nicole says one thing or one would think after 11 seasons and a bunch of shitty spinoffs the walking dead would be better ending an episode and transitioning into a promo but when the episode ended with a straight camera shot of the Hwacha firing, AMC wasted no time showing the setup for next season as they voice over with a generic, find out what happens when The Walking Dead returns February 20th. Only problem is the scenes they flash through, as they say that, basically give away the resolution to every problem the characters face for this entire season. Mm-hmm. They gave away exactly what will happen next season, and since I didn't expect such an abrupt, abrupt watching in my face ending, I was not prepared to switch gears to avoid the spoilers. Mm-hmm. My husband said it best. That's it? Why the fuck did they do that? This fucking show. Um, this is such bullshit. Why do we watch the show? What about the guy still stuck week. in a church, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Boston Rob. The, the amount of time the Boston Rob's going to be in that Rob, cabin. He's hanging out with the Heath, which we will get feedback on this, this episode. Um, oh, God. I, so my thing is I watch these on the service that doesn't have all that shit like embedded into it. Um, mm-hmm. So the worst mm-hmm. I have is to look forward to is the, is, is the Kang cave yeah. uh, starting up after the credits. Um, it's inexcusable. Like I remember when we were watching this live, how many times they did like even an artful or for what passes on the show as an artful cliffhanger. They fucking AMC's promotional team is the worst. Yeah. They constantly undercut their own goddamn show to prop up things like the walk, the, the, the talking dead, the mm-hmm. fraudulent talking dead, not the actual podcast made by two talented and, and, and funny Canadians, but the, the, the fraudulent one that they got on the, 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 the quote unquote official one, uh, yeah. the name taker. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like there's, and they get consistently terrible feedback for this too. Like mm-hmm. the the subreddit's all up in arms about this. What what the fuck, man? I, I mean, the only explanation here is that they think it's more effective uh, of of a solution than not doing it, and they like the fallout. They're just going to deal with it. 
you know it's like well oh, that's this good... works and so fuck everybody who says they don't like it you know that's a good point let me look up because like let me so look many at people the, it's uh, it's like video games so many people complain about like dlc and and all these microtransactions, and yet they spend thousands of dollars on them every single month it, so of course they're going to keep doing it because it works no matter how much you complain about it well, this is true. I actually look at the audience statistics for The Walking Dead and it's just gone up and up and up ever since, you know, season five or six where they started getting really bad at doing this. Oh, no, wait. Actually, the audience has declined 50 percent year over year. Yeah, uh, I, I have a feeling like, that's more to do with the content of the show itself than the advertising <laughs> methods. But yes, but I, I do okay. think it's like, you know, so but that's the thing. If you're the advertisers and you're like, well, we have to do this or else we'll lose. And then you go and look and you're running people away like, you know, two to one. What, you know, look, what Aaron, the fuck? There, there would be eight people watching this show <laughs> if it wasn't for the advertising techniques. If yeah, they didn't spoil the shit out of the next week, there would be eight people watching. That's yeah, two of which are um, us just shitting on the show constantly. So, yeah, um, I don't know what to say about it. It's 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 like I've stopped watching trailers in advance of movies I'm excited for. Like, I mean, I have to when I go to the bald movie, but then I'm, I'm seeing it yeah, in the yeah. theater with a bunch of people because like it got to be a trend at one point where the trailers were just like a two and a half minute version of the film. Mm hmm. Like, like in chronological order, every beat spoiled, every twist, except for maybe the ending, maybe. But like, yeah. it's I, I don't understand. I don't like in my in my mind, a a preview, a teaser preview is supposed to kind of titillate. Like It's like lingerie, like, you know, what you reveal, what you don't reveal. You should have a person being wanting the thing that you're you're teasing them with. And instead, it's like, ah, oh, God, this is more than I wanted. You showed, show, showed to, the stuff you showed me has me actively turning, you know, you I just gave expect, the, I was the expecting walking. nipples. You've got like six tentacles on each breast. I'm out of here. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's you just crazy. gave the Walking uh, Dead uh, merchandising team a very good idea. I mean, the whispers, lingerie, it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> Walker skin lingerie yeah. is what I'm saying. Get on Walker it, AMC. Skin lingerie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, necrot. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's made like you're wearing. Skin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I can see that. Oh, yeah. The alpha line. The alpha line. <laughs> I want the beta line. I'm gonna need. Uh, I'm gonna need a cod piece or two. Uh, okay. Thank you, Nicole. JP says, uh, piling on. How the fuck could they do it again after the storm of the season, season six finale? BS cliffhanger. How can anyone involved in this show have the gall to do it again? I have to believe it's AMC and not Kang at this point. It can't be a creative decision. Who is this cliffhanger for? At this point in The Walking Dead, who is honestly going to walk away before the climax? At this stage, how is another bullshit cliffhanger going to pull us into the show? New fans who haven't found it over a decade? Old fans who have likely left because of shit like this? I'm dumbfounded. That's another thing. It's like, at this point, people, this is a death march, and we're all on it. Yeah. We are the walking dead. We are being herded off the cliff by Angela Kang. Who is going to peel off at the last moment? Like, just, yeah. Yeah. But I, the, Only the, the smart ones. Carol. Like, I, I, I feel like, you know, we, we've seen this in the show. We are the walking dead walking toward the cliff after the cave, and the Carols are going to get out, and we're all just going to walk right over the edge. Uh, JP continues. Anyway, one extra tidbit. I've been uh, recently listening to your old episodes on long drives. And today I just finished your episode for the season two finale and the season two midseason finale. The one with Sophia 
coming out the barn. Mm-hmm. Of all the surprising things listening back to when the show was doing very well was just how pumped for it Jim was. For the season finale in particular, he's probably the most amped and pumped for an episode of anything I've ever heard him cover. Wow. It's palpable. Wow. I forgot breaking what coverage. <laughs> I'm yeah, this was concurrent. This was this was mm-hmm. like where we we're all talking about who won the week. Uh, I'd forgotten what your coverage of The Walking Dead was like when the show wasn't a parody of itself. You both even suggested the writers were geniuses at one point. Amusingly, both predicted <laughs> Carol will be dead very soon, and Jim hated her. To be fair, we read the comics, and that's what happened in the comics. So, yeah, uh, I'm sure you've got better things to do than listen to your old work, but it's very interesting and a pleasure to revisit. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, some, 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 everyone's all people say that, like that we sounded more excited for some, I, I don't know. Cause I feel like, you know, like, I, I feel like we're getting that like kind of there with the foundation show because it's just kind of like, Oh yeah. Real, it, yeah. Like for sure. Like, I, I will confess to not being as excited about everything as we're excited about some things. And sometimes we have like a long period of things that we're not really you know, we're just trying to find like, you know, it's not our favorite thing, but it's something we're interested and engaged in our audience likes, you know. Um, also, we're younger. Like, True. fuck, man. Ten I think that episode, Jim might have still been in his tw- 20s, holding, clawing on to the, the youth of his 20s. Like, we I just was. had a lot more of that, uh, that vigor and vim in us, you know. We're beat, beat sure. down by, by life as much. A lot of, a lot of <laughs> Vic, Vic Vinegar in me. Uh, yeah, I mean... Look, the show was better. The show was so much better back then. I mean, yeah, you had your Lori's in season two, which you could take or leave, probably leave. But yeah, yeah, they, it was it was still like a notably Frank Darabont show. Um, it was doing things that were cool and exciting. Zombies weren't as played out. Yeah, you know, we're ten That's years past that. Too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, um, of course I was more excited. Uh, You know, I hadn't been doing podcasting as long. Breaking Bad was on the air. It probably gave me a lot of energy at the time. Uh, I I do think, like, getting two shows that I'm really excited about, we still bring that kind of energy. Like, if you look at Leftovers, we were both super passionate about that. I think we're getting to something like that, like you said, with Foundation again. Um, Because I'm, like, when I watch the show, I'm just thinking about the show until we podcast. It's like I what think Stranger I'm doing. Things is like that too, and it would be like if it was week to week. Oh my god! But like you yeah. know, especially early seasons of the Stranger Things, we were definitely like fully in love with. I think Expanse is, but but no, I mean it's like yeah, we we've there's a lot of more mileage on the tires and uh, the show because that's the thing. It's like I liked Walking Dead because uh, the first couple of seasons I thought it was a really good show, mm-hmm. but it was this like balance of like a good show that would inexplicably every few weeks just do something completely stupid. <laughs> Sure. And like, yeah. it's fun to climb the mountain and get to the top and just tee off on the dumb thing of the week or the bye week or the tri week or whatever. Yeah. It's less fun when that becomes the base level. Like, it's just like dumb things. Like, there's five dumb things of the week in each episode, and you're trying to find the just really excruciating thing to tee off on instead of just, you know, just get, just being an incoherent with rage and disappointment every every minute of the podcast. So, yeah, definitely helps. Definitely helps to have. And that's, I, I, that's why I like Kang's era, because it's baseline just a lot better. Um, and there's still some spectacularly stupid stuff, but we can take a break and just like really kind of like with our full chest jump in on on beating that that particular dead horse uh it's a lot more fun i think it's a lot more contrast 
let's move on to Craig from Middletown, Delaware. Uh, so we we engaged in a little pre-defense because I saw some early uh, feedbacks where people were talking about the storm of the century uh, like JP was just doing and how like lame it was that we've had, you know, big storms be a big part of the plot for several times. And we talked about the coastal nature, uh, but Craig has an unanswerable return to that defense, which is, hey, guys, my biggest pe- uh, my biggest issue with the part one of the finale episode was the weather in general at Alexandria. How are we supposed to believe they're having a hurricane, a full on hurricane Alexander, but nothing where Daryl and Maggie are not even some wind. It's just crazy. If you ask me, yeah, this is a huge, actually huge problem because they walked 600 miles inland. I don't don't know if you're aware of that, but yeah, Washington, D.C., that area is actually very far in. It's like it's basically Iowa. Um. (laughs) It's uh, if, unless that's the case, which we know it's not like <laughs> you know, we talk about the geography and how kind of close everything is and how close mm-hmm. to the coast, everything within 100 miles up and down the beach would be shellacked in, in, yeah. a, in a hurricane that's that's hitting Alexandria or even a glance. Like the fact that there's like blue skies and sunny, mm-hmm. you know, over where Daryl and Maggie are is a joke. And in a better se- series, this stuff would all be related Maggie yep. going through the tunnels and the storms and the flooding there uh, would be building up to a crescendo of Alexandria. We'd have like a night, like imagine how thematic and cool, like a nighttime rain battle would been between the hunt, the, the, the reapers and Maggie's group at the zone. It'd be like fucking uh, yeah. Helm's deep. Uh-huh. But this isn't that good of a show. They not that good at breaking and finding like uh, when they're breaking the episodes, finding the connections that they're already there. And then like, oh, let's yeah. lean in and do revisions and redrafts and tighten that stuff up. It's just it's not that kind of show. Mm-hmm. It's too bad because that kind of show probably wrapped up four or five seasons ago to critical acclaim. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's shocking, though, because I, I Nicotero's on board. Right. And like when you think of zombies floating through a subway tunnel. And the heroes having to like swim, I, all that would have been super cool and stuff that he probably would have loved doing. I don't know why they just ignored that. He's 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 the one that's like I don't understand. Like bright sunny skies, hurricane, ten miles apart. What's the problem? Like, is there a chance that like a lot of stuff got cut? Like they actually did mean to do a flooding in the tunnel and. It just like got when when it came down to the wire, they just couldn't get it done and had to cut a whole bunch of stuff that I think that we actually articulated that as like, you know, they when they wrote this season, it always like the the way I understand it is writers kind of get a budget and then they write a season and then they kind of break it into different episodes and they start getting it out to their location scouts and to the special effects people. And then they're like, start pushing back like. Okay, we can do this, but it's going to take half your budget for the single episode. Like, what can we cut? And it's it's possible because, you know, like, you know, we, we were talking like I remember contemporaneously the tunnel people were talking about, you know, how cool that would have been like a rushing, raging river yeah. through this subway and there's zombies mixed. There's like these these animated bodies and bags trying to claw at you. And it's just it's just, you know, it's it's like the Hobbit. Uh, river scene with the or the, with the dwarves and barrels, except for not stupid and ridiculous, something cool and menacing. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if that was something was ever in the cards because that's just that's just a huge huge shoot. But like, I come back to like, 
It should have been. It mm-hmm. should have been. Like the shows that are making tons of money in this day and age are spending 40, 50 million an episode. Right. Every time Foundation comes out with an hour, it's got the it's got a like a mid-budget science fiction film mm-hmm. uh budget. It's it's insane. And that's what it's going to take to keep up and Walking Dead has always been like the fucking Ebenezer Scrooge of like just piles and piles. I was just do there are 20 million people watching this show. Uh, just a couple of years ago and they kept on cutting the budget and cutting the budget and cheaping out on sets and they do spend the amount amount, uh, uh, on, on latex. So to be fair, but yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame of as missed opportunities. Um, let's see what else, uh, Mark says, Hey guys, thanks for all the content. I'm about four times more likely to watch a show. If you guys are covering it, including walking dead. See now this. This makes us feel culpable. I know. Uh, this is why like, I quit like podcasting a, The Walking Dead a few years ago. Right, right. If there's ever a class action lawsuit, we're going to be guilty as fuck because we, we, we're we on the air saying this is a bad idea. We shouldn't be doing it. We can't countenance keep doing it. We're going to have to stop because uh, people are just continuing to watch the show because we're watching the show. And then we came back to do it during during a pandemic when people's mental health is already fragile. This is just, yeah, like we, we should, we're monsters. We should be stopped. Uh, so sorry about that, Mark. Uh, he says, I continue to enjoy, or I enjoyed the Reaper's plot. Um, in the last episode, that is, I really felt the tension with the tightrope that Daryl's trying to walk and the ending of Pope was satisfyingly sudden. Leah's reaction completely <laughs> understandable as Daryl had been feeding her almost exclusively lies since we got there. I don't think we talked a lot about that part of the dynamic. It would have been shitty if she just jumped a uh, ship to her Reaper fan, which to be honest, I kind of expected her to do. Yeah, they did. They did. They did the smart zig instead of zag there. My main beef with the Reapers half of the first episode, the last episode, rather, was another instance of AMC insisting on spoiling themselves. I watched the live broadcast as basically a smash cut from the firework arrow shooting out of the camera to the episode nine trailer, which very prominently shows everyone that is in danger all alive and doing fine. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we talked about this with Nicole's feedback. Um, there's, there's a lot of people that actually had like four or five more people that I had to cut because uh, people were really riled up about this. Um, he also thought that the random hurricane in the, uh, this half of the episode is stupid. There's a big stack of dumb logistics I can complain about, but the bigger picture is it all felt non super non impactful to the overall plot. Seems weird that you have half your cast battling basically a monster of the week in a mid season finale. I don't know. Maybe it'll turn out to be whatever building can catch on fire and a monsoon will be an important factor somehow, but they sure didn't show that on screen. I guess another problem <laughs> yeah. is the burning of buildings in a hurricane. Like, you know, maybe that's a problem, but it's a problem to probably solve itself if if you just let it, you know? Is that what the uh, watch is meant to do? Is the watch meant to burn or is it meant to pierce? I think it's meant to pierce. Steel okay. steel arrows, it's it's like uh fire talks. Fire fire talks. It's like fireworks with steel arrows attached to them. Yeah. So I I don't know, that's just as effective in the rain as it is in yes. the not rain, so if you can get the, the fuse to stay lit and, yeah. you know, as we mentioned, they have like miles of it. So even if you have <laughs> right. a wet stack, you just cut it out and splice it in there. Uh-huh. Um, I bet you could make a pretty badass incendiary huacha, though. Yeah. Some some watches with like uh, gunpowder payloads or something. Yeah, they call them hot watches. Hot watch. <laughs> That's too you much. Got, you got your spicy. Got your spicy huacha and you got your mm-hmm. non spicy. Uh, I think they're going to non-spicy, but who knows? Uh, they just um, call them srirachas. Sriracha watches. 
Hannah F said, sorry, this is already discussed. I've been working a lot and wasn't able to listen to the initial podcast this week, but wanted to send uh, some feedback in just in case. I was not the only person that was extremely distracted by the fully intact kitchen cabinets in the background every time they flashed back to the struggle in Alexandria. They had to scavenge for scraps of wood planks to use uh, and use their bodies to close walker entrances. Meanwhile, they just want to keep the integrity of the pristine white kitchen cabinets. Uh, have a great week. Well, thank you, Hannah. I did not notice this, but yeah, it's pretty funny when I, I went back and watched it a little bit. It's like they're talking, they're agonizing over splitting up Aaron's uh, wood, like wood furniture. Mm-hmm. But guess what? All those cabinets, big yeah. sections of wood. Uh, they're nailing like little like night table stand doors, mm-hmm. uh, dra- drawers to the outside of these windows. But these big giant cabinet, it's this goes back to I think in their last few. I was like, I'm begging the Walking Dead to get like one of their grips or one of their carpenters on set to like, you know, maybe do a walkthrough and give them some advice about like building shit and improvising shit. Cause I bet those guys and gals know a lot about that kind of thing. Oh no, they, they did that. Um, they had the person walk through and they said, Oh yeah, you should use these cabinets. Uh, you should probably use these doors. Um, you know, you got a lot of wood here, probably some railings and banisters from the, the stairs. You could use all that. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. And then right. AMC said, yeah, but we could just use the furniture and replace it at Ikea next week. We could do that mm. instead. That's way cheaper. Because imagine, the like, they, is, they bust out all the cabinets. They've ruined the set. They've ruined the set. They're never going to be able to use that set again. We have been using Alexander since season five. It's my understanding that Alexander is going to be destroyed. Amortized for 50 years. 50 years they amortized that thing for. They can't afford yeah. to. <laughs> they got to shoot prob- the next spinoff in that room, man. There's no way. They've already sold these houses uh, and and they did the final they did the final walkthrough before they shot the episode. Yeah. So they just they 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 couldn't make any substantial changes. Something was right. nailed down. It was in the buyer's contract that they couldn't they couldn't alter it. So, mm. yeah, uh, I, it's I it's it is hilarious because you're right. Like all the interior doors, uh-huh. you should just nail those things. You take them off like uh, uh, is it was it Max Brooks that re- that, that uh, wrote World War Z? Yeah. Or okay, take a page out of his. Read disassemble the staircase. Get get a ladder. So then, when you have to retreat to the upstairs for the zombies, you just kick the ladder down. Those zombies are fucked. You yeah. can stay up there for days. You can stay up there until your water or your your food hold out, which I guess you don't m- have much of it. But like you know, essentially, you got an Im- Im- impassable moat if you take the staircase yeah. of a. Of a, of a second floor and it's it's yeah and guess how much wood is in that fucking thing mm-hmm. so yeah and that's what i'm saying like that's the thing that's annoying about the walking dead as cool as some of their set pieces are when you look at all the zombie lord it's been generated in the last 20 years if they just wanted to cherry pick from that stuff to come up with like really cool ideas they yeah. almost never do they almost mm-hmm. never do like the seminal works like world war z there's a lot of cool vignettes in there about zombie defense and um and yeah. uh, I don't know why they don't do that. Their defense might be, well, it's not about the zombies. It's about the people, right? We are the walking dead, but I, you, you still have zombies in your show. You still got to do those things. So. Kay from California says, I started listening to you guys uh, last year when you came back to cover the walking dead season nine. Now you're a required companion piece from my walking dead viewing. Well, thank you very much. Kay. Mm-hmm. 
I enjoy the depth and breadth of knowledge you bring to the show, be it about religious cult, survivalism, or 15th century rocket launchers. But if I may, I want to push back against a common complaint that you have about Maggie. I can't defend Maggie's recklessness in season 11, but I hope people stop giving her grief about not looking for Beth, quote unquote, in seasons four and five. You guys brought this up a couple podcasts ago. When the prison fell, Maggie left Glenn on the bus precisely because he didn't see Beth was on there, too. Or she didn't see Beth was on there, too. She looks for Glenn first only because the bus got out. Glenn got out. If I follow in that direction, I might be able to pick up its tracks. Then episode five, one begins with Daryl telling Maggie that her sister's still alive. It's the first time Maggie allows herself to believe that Beth was alive, but the group has been has more pressing things to worry about, like Terminus. When Maggie finally sees Beth dead at Grady Memorial Hospital, it's only been 10 days since the prison fell, per the Walking Dead wiki, which means only 10 days passed between Beth and Herschel's death. In fact, in season 510, Maggie explicitly says that after Daddy, I couldn't hope that Beth survived the prison attack. It's the same loss of hope that uh, stopped Sasha from seeking out Tyrese, yet nobody gives Sasha grief about that. Now, whether or not the writers communicated any of this clearly without us trying to zapruder it is a whole other question. Now, I will first want to say that you're probably right. But, like, I think the timeline is a big part of the problem because I, I don't remember giving Maggie crap until, like, the tunnel episode where, like, a bi- it feels like a big part of season five. She n- never even mentioned her sister. Now, like you saying that that, that takes place all over 10 days, that makes a lot of sense. But I feel like you, I, I feel like, number one, we're kind of, you know, you, you can't let you can't let the facts get in the, get in the way of a good meme. Uh, and two. <laughs> Like, yeah, sometimes with these 16 episode stretches that only take 10 days, I don't think they do a very good job of keeping that immediacy going. You know, like in my mind, there shouldn't be a single episode that you can't find Maggie kind of fretting. Like, even if it's like, uh, you know, like Glenn saying, hey, I'm worried about you and how you're taking, you you know, how you're taking the death of your sister. Like, like have those things. You have to almost do it every fucking episode to keep that tension building the tension in all of our minds of like where is beth what's going to happen to beth you know it felt like the walking dead does what the walking dead does which is you know not really care about its characters until oh fuck we need to kill this person and we need to have a big reaction from our audience and our cast and and our cast so they have lauren cohen who's a very talented actor like pull out all the fucking stops so Mm. It's one of those things where, like, most things in The Walking Dead, and we talked about this, right? When you look back at these episodes and you think about just the bare facts of the matter, like, it's some pretty good, compelling stuff. But yeah. when you're watching it week to week, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, you wrote in and complimented us on our uh, knowledge of, of what we bring to The Walking Dead. Sounds like you're a Walking Dead historian, because I don't remember any of this shit. <laughs> uh I, like i remember slap town was a big joke slap town uh, oh yeah and that's you know where where she died or whatever i yeah I, I barely remember any of this stuff i will say um we have an example of this done better recently this season uh kelly and connie right yeah. um Ke- kelly they never let up on that kelly was constantly mm-hmm. every episode we saw kelly wh- i gotta go find connie i'm out here looking for connie um yeah. I don't know, like, the specifics around Beth's disappearance anymore, but I feel Mm -hmm. like that is an example of it done well. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you could you could make uh, I think you can make some like uh, exceptions between that of like, you know, maybe uh, 
they didn't feature Kelly in every episode. So like when she mm-hmm. kind of went away for a couple episodes, it wasn't, you know, but like, you know, when, when you got someone like uh, Maggie, who's a star, like, you know, one of the top tier stars of the show, not, you know, it's not like season two Maggie, where she's kind of like, we're getting to know her. Like, you know, she's very important through the show to yeah. a lot of people. Like it's harder to go away and just have her kind of like, I, I, I and I, I'd have to watch that tunnel episode again. Cause that's the one where I really started thinking, you know, like, holy shit, like there is that she's at odds. Uh, her mission is at odds, but th- that might be her all about wanting to get back to get to Beth. So maybe I'm talking out both sides of my mouth. I, it, but, but I'm like Jim, like I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering how or why the meme started. Yeah. Um, they just they just kind of did. So you, you might be right. Um, and just the same way that like I think Leah and Daryl is like a really cool concept, like the fact that they you know, had this relationship that took place over months and years and like was hesitant. And, you know, they're both kind of like skittish wild animals are trying to like learn how to trust. And the problem is that all took place over a 41 minute episode in mm-hmm. the pandemic thing. And then they built like on that shaky scaffolding, they built this other stuff and it kind of works, mm-hmm. but also like that was not the way you tell a story. If you, if you had all the time, and and uh, uh, you know attention that you you want to give it right. It works because we know what men and women's relationships are like, and what trust broken looks like, and how hard it it works because like they're just building blocks with big archetypes. But it also doesn't work as just a work in narrative fiction. So it might be something like that. I don't know. Um, this also kinds of uh, spawns another question. Kay continues about whether or not you think shows should engage their viewers to do their own detective work like Lost or Westworld. Uh, what's that thing that differentiates shows from doing this well or poorly? We, we talked about this, but like, I, I don't think there's bad ideas. There's bad execution. I was going to say know? intentionality. Like you, you have to intend for the viewer to need to do this stuff as opposed to just forgetting to put these things in your show. Right, right. And then making it up with stuff on The Talking Dead or right. appearances at cons or interviews. After, Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry to be that fan. I just had to get this off my chest since Maggie's always been a complex, compelling character to me. Flaws and all. Curious if you've convinced you or just sound like a crazy Maggie apologist. I mean, I'd have to go back and watch season four or five and just that's not going to happen. No. So, like, I'm happy to say that I was wrong about Maggie's core motivations and stuff, but also probably... Mm-hmm touch and yeah you, you you did a nice job offering an olive branch of like the walking dead could have done a better job telling a story which is almost always true and almost also always almost always true is we're gonna go for the joke even when it isn't a hundred percent uh accurate so yeah we're we trying to kind of show we're running right? here <laughs> right we are intentional about it yeah <laughs> you know we're not going to try to swerve into a leftovers direction you know every no. once in a while and like oh yeah it's it's a mystery let the mystery be uh, Anthony B f- uh, batting up cleanup this week says hey guys want to give you a quick shout out for doing what you do have been listening to you guys for quite some time across a ton of shows like Game of Thrones Mr. Robot Fargo Westworld and of course The Walking Dead keep up your awesome coverage and thank you for making my work commutes that much more interesting and entertaining thank you very much Anthony wow. for, uh, for yeah. the kind words not sure if you've seen this, but back in the season premiere, Archeron part one and the final scene where Yumiko notices the photo of her brother on the wall of the lost. There's a quick blink and you'll miss it. Easter egg that has the name Heath written on some paper that has from Louisville on it and some numbers. I linked you an article from comicbook.com. <laughs> are are those numbers out. PPP? <laughs> <laughs> no. So like I, I'm uh, so 
There is like on this board uh, a picture of someone, a sketch of someone. It's kind of hard to read unless you freeze frame it. And it says he, I think, age 24, 185 pound male from Louisville and then says brown eye and then some presumably brown hair and it's ripped off. Um, no, he's he got there and lied about his age. Fucking lied about his age. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um. So he, that means he would have been 12, 12 years old. Well, I guess he left a long time ago. He, he would have been like, I honestly 15, don't know. 17 or like something. A, he's he's much yeah, older. He seemed like a young guy, Um. but 24 kind of stretching it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had like a what a seven year time jump on top of everything else. Uh, yeah. But this in, this comicbook.com article uh, had some interesting information I had not seen before. Apparently, back in 2018, when Angela Kang took over on her tenure of The Walking Dead, uh, she revealed that Jadis, the sub the sub sub uh, the Romulan sub commander of the trash heap uh, of the scavengers, had abducted and traded Heath to the Civic Republic military. You'll recall. We got the whole spiel about the CRM in the last feedback episode. If you want to kind of know mm-hmm. the, the outlines of all this stuff. Um, uh, it's the helicopter group uh, that Rick flies away with before we lose track of him for the movies. Um, Heath leaves behind nothing but his broken glasses and a mysterious key card with letters PPP. Uh, showrunner Scott Gimple confirmed in 2017 that we have definitely not seen the last of Heath, period. Telling Entertainment Weekly, Heath will be on the show. He will be on The Walking Dead again. Uh, so <laughs> Scott Gimple said this. All right. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess the star left the series uh, to pursue other creative opportunities. But people are speculating that he might return in The Walking Dead movie which reveals what happens when Rick is taken prisoner by the CRM or the upcoming series tales of the walking dead, which is the anthology spinoff you're talking about um, uh, telling new characters about uh, especially supposed I guess the hook is, is telling new tales about characters who have appeared in past seasons of the walking dead. So almost a lot that Heath gets an episode of this tales of the walking dead, right? Um, yeah. So this speaking of jokes on the show, Heath and the PPP card are one of the top funny lulzy memes that's come up in this last this 10 years we've been doing this. Uh, what do you think? Is Heath going to make an appearance in this final season? Will we get closure on this the PPP card? Anthony wants to know. No. No, I don't believe anything yeah. that Scott Gimple says. Why would I? Uh, I... I yeah I I don't believe that Heath will come back in the Walking Dead season eleven. What would I be feel... the point? They're not gonna. Well, okay. So CRM. I I don't know. Do you think the CRM is going to make an introduction here to bridge the gap between, uh, you know, this show and the fifteen other spinoffs? Because that's the <sighs> it only possibility, has to, right? It it almost has to. Yeah, um, there has to be something in the final stages of this that I mean, like like from a from a marketing standpoint, because we just talked about how well AMC's marketing team does this. But like this, the, the finale of this episode should or the finale of this entire series should do a couple of things. Number one, make people who have stuck with it, the few million people who've stuck with this to the end, make it feel like it was worth their while Mm-hmm. Two, it should stimulate interest in their new projects like this anthology show and some of these other things they got going on and the, and, and the movies. So like 
I don't see that Heath does either of those things. Maybe like in a grim kind of laugh way, it satisfies the yeah. first of like making it seem worth it. Like, oh, that time that you've been, I think you've been ragging on us for seven seasons about forgetting. <laughs> Turns out we didn't fucking forget it. Look at here. We, we spent a whole fucking episode answering the question of PPP card and Heath. Like we wasted there's a whole no fu- hour talking about this like, character. No one's cared about for eight years. Like there's a version of this show that could come and deal like uh, with a season, a late season 11 Heath reveal in kind of like a bad bomb ass way. This is not the version of the show. This is not the the current timeline that we're that we're occupying. So we're just so far past it, right? Like, yeah, nobody's going to give a shit at this point if Heath shows up because 90 percent of the audience probably doesn't remember who Heath is. He's got distinctive hair. That's literally the only thing I can think about him. I don't remember. Was he a medic? Was he like one of the me- the mini medics that we've had on the show? I, I don't know. I, I have no idea of his character and like who he was as a person. No. So because he wasn't that big of a but, character to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the other, that's the other thing is like as as uh, Mr. B is pointing out in chat, if they do miraculously bring Heath back, like who the fuck cares? Like that'd be bringing back one of the the corrupt cops in Slaptown to be like, <laughs> right. oh wow, look at this guest starring appearance. Like this is no one fucking cares. Like Michonne, sure, yeah. people are excited for that. Right. Rick, yeah, even but Maggie, like, right? Like Maggie was awesome Maggie coming back, back was but... ra- raised my fan pulse a little bit. But Heath, just I don't know. Like unless they just it's for the jokes. Uh, but it does seem it does seem likely that he'll get like this Tales from the Walking Dead if they can get this guy back to do a one shot. Yeah. You know, that's exactly the kind of thing where, you know, it probably because they could give it the space. And it's also like it's not there's a lot of expectations in season 11, The Walking Dead. There's not on this law Tales from the Walking Dead. So mm-hmm. but I, I just don't know. I, I it, it just feels weird that they're spinning this up and up and up when it seems like fascination with the zombies is kind of like an ebb but maybe i'm wrong on that because god damn there's still a lot of zombies out in the day and i certainly enjoyed the kingdom if you got a new fresh take on it but i I guess i that's the that's the key can the walking dead have a new fresh take on zombies at this point enough to sustain interest in four series and three movies (laughs) not for me not for me yeah uh, but thank you. Thank you for uh, bringing that to our attention, Anthony. And for all the fine emailers we got this this week, we really appreciate that. Uh, again, watching dead at baldmove.com is where you send in feedback, but we will not be back on the air until the walking dead returns, which is in mid February, February 20th, 2022. We are living in the fucking future, man. 2022. Wow. Still no flying cars. Uh, still no flying cars. We don't even have self-driving cars. What, what do you want? Um, We'll be back, so keep keep that email in, in mind. Uh, if this is your last episode with us until The Walking Dead, let me try to tempt you. We're covering a really fire, I think, uh, science fiction show on Apple TV right now, Foundation. Um, the Expanse comes back in early December, and uh, we'll have date and day coverage of that. Uh, Book of Boba Fett comes out late December. Uh, we plan on giving that a look-see. Uh, lots of stuff, lots of pulp next year. We've got the return of uh, House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones making its triumphant, I guess, return, hopefully return back to the small screen. Uh, Amazon's got a Lord of the Rings uh, prequel project that I'm excited to check out. Uh, we got movies of the week. We're going to have the Matrix Resurrections coming out in, yeah. in December. 
Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff that we're going to be covering at baldmove.com in the upcoming months between now and February. I got our big Christmas annual gala celebration bash. We're going to be doing all December long. Uh, check out baldmove.com. Follow us on Twitter at baldmove if you want to keep up with what we're doing with. Because like we got stuff going on all the time. I'm sure some stuff that you'll like. Um, until then, oh, also we're doing some uh, horror movies uh, on the Prestige. We're doing some like big, not big budget, I guess, well respected horror movies on the Prestige uh, side of things for the month of October. So if you like uh, scary stuff, there'll be some of that coming out too. Uh, hopefully some of that will pique your interest and uh, you'll stick with us. But if not, we'll definitely be back February to close out incrementally the Walking Dead experience. <laughs> Stay warm and well fed this winter because, you know, you know how the harsh, the harsh Alexander winter just beats the shit out of the harsh Georgia winter. You don't get you don't get hurricanes during the harsh Georgia winters anyway. So 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 keep up. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you back in a couple months. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. Bye, everybody. Bye.